Welcome back to the 49ers Camelot Show. I'm thrilled to talk NFC Championship game and 49ers with the legend Oscar Aparicio, formerly of the Better Rivals podcast. Oscar, how's it going? It's going really well. Um, another successful season for the Niners. Uh, I haven't had to stress out and try to do, uh, you know, two videos a week and two shows a week over the last year <laughs> and some change. So a lot less stressful. Get to enjoy it a bit more as a fan. Um, but but here we are, man. NFC Championship. Uh, it's where we're used to getting. Let's, uh, let's close the deal. Let's do it. Yeah, it's funny that you mentioned not having to stress over doing shows because I've had some people ask me, can you ask Oscar if they'll bring back the Better Rivals podcast? And I, I'm sure that's not in the works, but is there, if they make it to the Super Bowl, might there be a Super Bowl reunion show or anything like that? Look, all I'm saying is if if banners are, are, are up, uh, at Levi's, if you know stars align and Brock Purdy becomes the first quarterback since Steve Young to win a Super Bowl, uh, you know, look, all I'm saying is maybe some surprise things happen, maybe not. We'll see. Um, mm. uh, for uh, right. for for maybe a one time only, like a friends reunion. Uh, yeah, <laughs> you know, uh, we'll see, we'll see. But you know, absolutely, absolutely, no guarantees. We're definitely gonna gonna try and enjoy. I mean, hopefully, look, I want to have that problem. I want to have the problem where we're like, yeah. hey, man, we won the Super Bowl. You want to get together for like an hour and talk about it? Like, <laughs> I want, to, I want awesome. to have that problem. That would be legendary, man. Y'all would have a lot of happy uh, fans coming coming out to see that. So, so Josh says, let's get this dub at work. Just stopping by to say, what's up, fellas? How's it going, Josh? Thanks for stopping in. So let's jump into this. I want uh, I wanted to see what you thought about, like, how excited were you to see after halftime against the Green Bay Packers when Kyle Shanahan came out and started the whole the whole second half with a run to Jawan Jennings. Uh, my my reaction was that's your halftime adjustment. What was your reaction when you saw that? Yeah, when I saw it live, I was like, what, like what are we doing? Clearly, <laughs> clearly the game plan was, it was going to be a heavy depot game plan. I mean, I, I think that's clear yeah. based off of how the offense looked and, and, and really the, the first couple plays to Debo too, I think were, were part of what the team wanted to do. So it's no surprise that they were going to try to get those plays back into the game plan. Um, when, when an offense game plans, you know, they have a volume of plays. They've got thousands of plays, who knows how many, right? But they condense that into a certain number that they have on their call sheet. And you really, I mean, you, you have a certain number of plays that, that are there that you practice, that you let your team know that are there. If let's say you have 10 plays, you know, or 15 plays that are going to be Debo plays, all of a sudden you reduce what's on your call sheet by a, a meaningful amount. I could see the logic in trying to get those back in so that you have some variability, some setup there. Um, I just don't know that Juwan Jennings was the player that I would have picked to do that. Um, you know, it would have been someone like Ray Ray McLeod, who's who's kind of filled that role in the past when Debo's mm -hmm. injured. But come to find out that, that Shanahan just kind of went in his mode and went off his script and called the play and, and forgot to remove a tag. And, and all of a sudden, you know, you know, Brock Purdy's like, he, he said he Ron Burgundy'd it, where he just reads what's on the teleprompter. <laughs> right. So, so yeah, so it was, it was, it was an honest mistake. Makes sense. But you know, they're, they're not going to mistake, make that mistake often, I think. 
yeah, I, I'm wondering if Jawan Jennings was like me, <laughs> I'm going to run the ball, but, uh, yeah, it, uh, it didn't go well, but, uh, thankfully it didn't cost the 49ers the game. So the other thing that I was wondering, um, cause that was the first time, I mean, I, I had outbursts throughout the game, but that was my first one that where I was audibly saying, what are you, what are you, what are you doing? Is that your halftime adjustment? The other thing was at the end of the game when when Drake Greenlaw picked off the pass to essentially end the game and decided that he that he wanted to take it to the house. What was going through your mind? Were you like the rest of us yelling, get down? Or were you saying, go, go? Oh, I was definitely not saying go. I was I was <laughs> uh, hidden door number three. I was, oh my God, I can't believe we won that game. Uh, so I got together with, uh, some, some of my buddies uh, on Sunday and, and we were just kind of talking about the game and, and I was like, all right, at what moment did you feel like, oh no, we're going to lose this game because everyone had that moment at mm-hmm. some point, And I had it too. For me, it was that middle eight. It was getting the field goal blocked at the end of the half and then coming out and not scoring. And I think they went three and out in the first drive of that second half. And I thought, oh no. Now that middle eight, the ability to kind of get two scores up and get into our familiar kind of, you know, on top game script, it's going to be a fight. And it didn't really, I didn't have that. Like I kind of descended and I kept going down into like the, (laughs) oh, no hole until they missed the field goal. And, and that was when I was like, oh, okay, we got, we got shot now. Um, And so it was, it was tenters hooks for that whole time. And then he picks the, he picks the ball up. And so it was immediate relief. It was like, oh, we won. It wasn't until the very, very end when I was like, okay, get down. You know, and, but then by that point he had run out of steam and he fell down. So, you know, whatever, whatever is, is, you know, Greenlaw plays with a specific type of energy on the field and whatever that energy is, I, I don't want to take it away. And right. so if that means he's going to run a little bit extra on, on picks, then I mean, look, I'll, I'll take it. Uh, <laughs> yeah. If that means we also get to, to hit quarterbacks on fourth and one uh, to prevent them from getting the first down right in the face, <laughs> you know, you, you win some, you lose some. Well, I'm thinking Dre Bly, um, there was, there was another 49ers corner that picked off a pass. Was it Nate Clements? Some, somebody picked off a pass, was returning it back other than Dre Bly that I seem to remember and ended up fumbling. Maybe that's just in, in my mind from something else. But, uh, so that's, that's what I'm having. Uh, I would say that when I thought, oh man, the 49ers are going to lose this game. There, there were two moments. There was the big 50-something yard run by Aaron Jones. Yeah. And then there was the uh, the part where the uh, Packers punt. Uh, I, I, no, the, the kick returner, I, I think, had the big return, fumbled, and then the guy behind him just happened to have a lucky bounce. And at that point, I was like, well, I mean, what are you going to do with that? I mean, yeah. when the ball's bouncing the other team's way, it's hard to overcome some of those things. But like you said, they pulled it out. Uh, so you were one of my very first guests when I started this back in February. I think I had you in February. could have been March. But when that happened, uh, if I would have told you back then, hey, Brock Purdy, the guy who just ruptured his UCL, and uh, and we're looking at this long offseason – Maybe Trey Lance is going to be the guy. Um, maybe they do something in free agency, which they ultimately did with Sam Darnold. If I would have told you that not only is Brock Purdy going to start in week one 
after having no off season and his training camp schedule was, was a little different, you know, throw a couple of days, rest a day. If I would have told you all of that, he's going to break 49ers passing records. He's going to be essentially the top passer in the league. Um, as far as when you look at different statistics, he's at or near the top in most categories. If I would have told you that, would you have said, hey, look, you need to lay off those funny smelling gummies? Or would you have said, yeah, I can see that? I, I probably would have said that if if he ends up with that kind of profile, the Niners would be the number one seed and presumptive Super Bowl favorite. And, and that's exactly where they're at right now. And and I think that is is more important, you know, than than other things. I think where he falls in terms of quarterback rankings and who's better and who's the MVP, like I know we all need stuff to talk about, but I, I think if you told me that's that's where he would have ended the season, I would have said two things. One, then we have a great chance at the Super Bowl, and we do. And, and the other would be, okay, what's the complexion and makeup of those yards? so that I can see and, and make uh, kind of my own assessments as to whether or not this is sustainable and this is repeatable. Um, that's a future me problem. That's a thing I'm going to worry about, you know, next year maybe. <laughs> but at least for this year, it means number one seed and presumptive Super Bowl favorite, and that's exactly where the Niners are at. Yeah, that's, uh, it's been an incredible season for him. Um, I wanted to ask you this, going back to that green the Green Bay game, um, I, I feel like Kyle Shanahan has been more aggressive in his approach with Brock Purdy uh, as opposed to Jimmy Garoppolo or Nick Mullins or some of those guys. But his the, the drive before halftime, for me, was curious. They had plenty of time to drive down the field, score a touchdown, but he kind of was taking it slow Um almost like he was playing for a, uh, a field goal. What were you thinking anything or seeing anything that led you to believe that, okay, he's concerned about the rain or so far Brock Purdy hasn't been playing well, or does he think Jimmy Garoppolo still on the team? What, what were you thinking at that time? Because I was like, come on, come on. Um, but I just wonder if he was just a little nervous that maybe there's a, a turnover about to happen and he didn't want to give green Bay the ball. Yeah, I, I think that's exactly it. I think he knows that the weather affects Brock. I think every Niner fan knows at this point that the weather affects Brock, that this is not a, uh, a secret, whether it is tiny hands, whether it is lack of grip strength, whether it is whatever you want to pin it on when it rains, he has trouble with the football. And, and, and that's just, a, I, I think at this point we have a few examples of that being the case. I think Shanahan knows that too. So he's not as, as likely to rip it. I also think he thought, that you know you get a field goal and then you get a uh, a touchdown coming out of the half that's 10 points you're still up two scores you know what i mean um and and so i think he he thinks that that his, he had enough confidence in the offense kind of coming out that that would be uh, a thing that he was kind of banking on um and i also think he was probably playing a little scared jordan love was throwing some darts and mm -hmm. he and the rain was not affecting him as much as it was brock purdy right and and so i think he was like look if i if i give this ball over to Matt LaFleur, who I respect, to a quarterback that seems to be playing well, and the weather's not affecting them as much as it's affecting us, you know, that could be a real turning point. So let me manage this middle eight. Let me make sure I have the ball last, um, even if that means 10 points versus 14. I don't think that's the right approach, but 
I think that is that that is uniquely Shanahan, right? How he processes those things have has been consistent over the course of the year, and he tends to to turtle up, for lack of a better term, in, in those scenarios because he goes for the sure thing and not the um, kind of higher outcome thing um, or the thing that's going to get you potentially to a better outcome, um, even if you it requires putting up some risk. He's very risk averse, I would say. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, Steven's in the chat says, uh, hey, guys, what's up, Steven? CJ, yo, what up? And he says, championship week. Yeah, it's time to step up your game, not just for the 49ers, but for the fans as well. We have to step things up. So uh, let me ask you this. Are, obviously, the 49ers did not play well against the Packers, but they did pull it out. Are you more concerned with the fact that the 49ers didn't play well, or are you more encouraged that they played so poorly and still found a way to win? Yeah, I wouldn't say that that they like the, I, I think about why did they play poorly? And to me, it goes back to, to Brock. This is why I think Brock, because he plays the quarterback position, like yes, Christian McCaffrey's important, yes, Debo's important, and Trent is important. But because of the way the game of football in today's NFL is structured, the quarterback drives everything. And if Brock isn't having a good game, then the Niners aren't going to have a good game. And the rain affects Brock. And to me, as long as it's not going to rain on Sunday, which it doesn't look like it's going to, um, I'm not, I, I don't think that this is a, um, a, a thing I have to worry about more often than not. So I'm not really, uh, really perturbed by their performance. I do think Green Bay did a couple of things that the Niners should expect in some form or fashion against the Lions and against other teams in general. Um, and that's teams getting to Tampa 2 irregularly. Um, and so what, what was Green Bay doing? They were giving you a one high look, a single high safety, and then they would rotate in some funky way to basically get a linebacker in, in kind of that deep middle third, because that's where Brock Purdy loves to throw the football, right? Those basics in breaker routes. He leads the league in efficiency uh, on those in breaking routes. And then you still have two safeties over the top to prevent passing explosives. The Niners are based on an explosive passes um, and to a lesser degree explosive runs. But Green Bay basically said, I am not going to get beat with explosives. I'm going to clog the middle of the field with a Tampa defender. I've got two safeties over the top now. And we're going to try to muddy the picture for Brock Purdy. Um, I would expect a little bit more of that from, uh, from the, the Detroit Lions. So definitely, I think they're going to they're try to have an answer for that. But outside of that, I don't think that Green Bay did anything that, that would worry me. And I think, you know, oh, this is really going to be a problem um, for the 49ers. The things that they did well that are going to get at, at Brock Purdy, um, we know about. We know that Brock mm -hmm. Purdy is pretty good under pressure, but that we've got a liability at right tackle, right? Like we, we know that um, that's going to be a problem. We know that, um, you know, the, the run game and run game defense for Detroit is going to be very good, but that the Niners have a really good diverse run game. Like, like these are things that we know. Only thing that I would say, like, okay, let's have an answer for this is, is some of that, that funky Tampa stuff that Green Bay did. I, I've been bothered this, the last handful of weeks over the, the number of missed tackles. That, uh, especially when you talk that this team normally is really good against the run and they've allowed, like in that uh, Arizona game, over 200 yards rushing uh, by the Cardinals. There, there have been moments, uh, even against Green Bay, there were moments where they just weren't even coming close to stopping them, and thankfully Green Bay kind of went away from the run, and there were other times that they really bottled up uh, Aaron Jones. 
Have you had any concern about the tackling or about the run defense? And if so, what do you think is the problem there? Yeah, I mean, I do think the run defense is the concern. The tackling kind of goes a little all over the place, right? Like you'll have um, some missed tackles, I think, especially when the team is a bit more tired um, is when they start Mm -hmm. to miss tackles. And so having that kind of not having to play week 18 and then, you know, not playing in in that first week yet, there's a little bit of rust there. But I also think the Niners needed that extra week to kind of get back to their their tackling ways. The the issues with run defense, I think, are they are tackle related, sure. Um, but I, I do think they're a little bit more scheme related. Um, and, and really, it's going to be whomever is playing opposite of Nick Bosa. And right now, with, with Farrell injured, it's really going to be uh, Chase Young, who's the starting defensive end. And right. it was pretty clear the Packers had a plan to attack him. Um, they wanted to get outside of Chase Young, and they wanted to get outside of the wide nine and, and basically force secondary players into some kind of a tackling element, whether it be the safety or the, the corner. And they did that with really a playbook that Sean McVay, I think, created against the Niners in 2018, 2019. Um, actually, I think it was 2019, where he starts to attack the edges with crack toss um, and some kind of pin-pull concept to mm. crack down on that wide nine defender um, and basically punish his aggressiveness with a, with a wide receiver or with a tight end in motion or someone, and then get your big guys out on the perimeter blocking a safety or, in some cases, a corner. Um, and, and I think that's something the Niners have to be prepared for, um, and that's something Chase Young specifically has to be prepared for. I think a lot of Niners fans are worried – or not worried that they would expect Chase Young to start over Farrell as soon as we traded for him. And, and Fred Warner mentioned that one of the reasons that he hasn't is because Farrell knows the run fits better and is a bit better in the run game. And I think that's exactly what Green Bay saw, and that's exactly what they attacked. Um, and I think with as dynamic of a run game as Detroit has, that's absolutely something that the Niners are going to have to prepare for because if, if Aaron Jones is pretty dynamic, right, and, yeah. and he had a lot of good runs. But I think with Jameer Gibbs, some of those runs that were 50-yard runs turned into touchdowns. Yeah. Yeah, that uh, that is definitely a concern. We're going to get to Jameer Gibbs here in a second. I want you to finish this sentence. Ambry Thomas makes me want to uh, draft a corner. Uh, <laughs> I, I guess, like outside of the the you know, it, within the first two rounds, as I would say, like uh, Ambry <laughs> Thomas. Look, I, I, as a fan, I want him to do well. As a fan, I want him to, to kind of bow up and have a good game. Um, but, man, especially that second pass interference penalty, like he had eyes on the receiver. He, like, yeah. he knew exactly when he needed to be able to do it. Um, and, and, yeah, it's, it's definitely problematic, I think. Um, and, and, and I know that uh, I think Diameter Lenore had a, a really good stretch, especially after the team kind of got in his face when he pushed uh, Jordan Love out of bounds. He had like three or four <laughs> consecutive plays where he's blowing everything right. up. I'm yeah. confident with him opposite Charverius yeah. Ward, who I think played at an all pro level this year. Um, but they need to find an answer at nickel. They need to find an answer. So they don't have to move down the door when we're in there or they need to find something on the outside. Um, that's absolutely a spot that worries me. Yeah. I, early in the year, I was pretty hard on Ambry Thomas, whether it was something that I was writing or whether it was a podcast, I was pretty hard on him. Um, I, Last year, I picked on Mike McGlinchey um, for most of the season, and this year, Henry Thomas was my guy. But then, but then he went through this spell where he started playing really well. Uh, but now he's reverted back to the old, <laughs> the old guy. So Rick says, uh, Rick kind of agrees with you here. He said Chase Young have to step up. Uh, Nick Bosa told Chase Young uh, he had to step up. 
uh, Claire Warner said the same thing that they have to step up. So yeah, um, definitely. I know who Claire Warner is man. It's like yeah, Claire Kittle and Fred Warner mashed into one uh, into one person. But yeah, you know, I'd, yeah, I don't. I would agree. I think in the run game, Chase Young probably needs to step up. Um, and and yeah, yeah the Niners' sure. run defense in general. If the Niners' run defense can shut down Detroit the Niners are going to, I think, cruise to victory. I think yeah. that Detroit getting explosives in the run game is going to be what the Niners have to limit in some meaningful way. Right. So last week, the 49ers coaches start uh, chose to start veteran Logan Ryan over the rookie Jair Brown at safety. Um, Ryan didn't have a great game, and I, I know that he got blamed for the the touchdown pass that maybe wasn't his fault. Uh, that big miss on the Aaron Jones run, that was that was pretty bad. But what what do you if you're one of the coaches, are you going with a guy like Logan Ryan who has started in the Super Bowl? Or are you going with a guy like Jair Brown who really didn't play much as a rookie, but when he played, he popped off the screen. I mean, yeah, he makes plenty of rookie mistakes, but he just looks different. Yeah, I think this is where you get into the the Shanahan risk aversion, right? And and I think if you're you're either worried about the mistakes or you're okay with the variance because you know that there is upside there. And I think historically, especially when it comes to playing rookies, Shanahan has not been okay with the variance. He's not been okay with suffering through the mistakes to get to that high like higher end spot play. Um, and so that's why they lean they lean veterans. I think if you look at their performance thus far, I think Jair Brown has, has played well, um, especially on the coverage end. And he's had, you know, he had, I think, one game in week 16 uh, against Baltimore where he had some, some really bad misses. I think missed tackles has been mm-hmm. the thing that's been the most obvious right. with Jair Brown. Um, but Logan Ryan had a terrible game when it came to missed tackles in the divisional playoff game. Um, like, he, he just did not do well. Two missed tackles. Um, and, and because they put him as the kind of force player on the edge on those crack tosses, you're putting a spotlight on that secondary player to make that tackle as the force player. And he wasn't able to do it. Um, so it's like, if both players are missing tackles, I'm going to take the better coverage player, the player that's shown that they can cover well within, um, the, the system that we've had thus far, I would lean rookie. Um, but if, if I know, uh, Shanahan from covering him for as long as I did, he is, he is going to be risk averse and he, he might go with Logan Ryan, unless for some reason, this is some kind of performative thing that they're doing, uh, to try to be like, you know, you're going to work your way back up. Although I feel like that's a really weird game to play here for the NFC championship game. Yeah. Sounds like Debo Samuel is trending toward playing. If by chance he doesn't, or if he's limited in what he can do, can the 49ers win the Super Bowl without Debo Samuel? Uh, I think that if they can't win the Super Bowl without Debo, that's more of an indictment on both Shanahan and Brock than anything else. And, and I don't, and I think Brock is a, is a good quarterback, and I think that Shanahan's a fantastic offensive play designer. Um, so I think that the key is knowing what you have at your disposal versus not. Mm-hmm. And if Shanahan knows he doesn't have Debo, then he knows how to get and attack certain players in certain ways with the tools at his disposal. Um, you know, what I, what I would love to see, I, I don't think that we'll see it, but like my pie in the sky uh, is to see uh, Elijah Mitchell and CMC in the backfield together and have CMC fill that Debo role um, and, and have CMC in the slot as a receiver and Mitchell as the running back. 
Um, like, I think that would be really fun if you really want yeah. to try to stretch and, and, and stress defenses out. And teams haven't really seen that to date. They, they, I think the Niners have just a few snaps this season where they've run it, but it's not been something they've rolled out consistently. So um, that's what I would think, you know, uh, I would do if, if I knew I didn't have Debo. Um, but if you know you have Debo, you, you, you're going to use Debo. I just hope that his shoulder holds up and doesn't take any of the pop off of what he can offer because um, him, his violence and aggression as a runner is what makes him really successful. And if you remove mm-hmm. that from Debo, um, like if you were to remove, you know, Dre Greenlaw's aggression, I don't know how effective they would be. So I really hope that shoulder is okay. I really hope those pain meds work um, <laughs> and, and that he's able to, to, to do what, what we're used to seeing from him because I think he's, um, he is a difference maker. And, and the Niners offense is good without him, but they are unreal with him. I think you make a great point of saying that when Shanahan knows he doesn't have Debo, he can better prepare versus when he loses him in the game. And I I think he played, what, six plays or something like that and already had, had touched the ball two or three times. And so when you, you mentioned this earlier that it looked like it was going to be a really Debo-centric game. And if when a coach loses a guy like that, that really affects them a lot more than if they go into the game uh, knowing that. Uh, is that the case? Yeah, I think so. You know, it, it's like if you're going to, and, and I think it made sense to make it a Debo game plan, not just because it's Debo, but because how are you going to get the ball to Debo in space? It's going to be a short, quick pass in the flat. And when it's raining and the ball is wet, and you don't want to throw the ball 10 yards or 15 yards or 20 yards downfield, a good little short pass is going to be great, right? So I think it was a way to help mitigate some of the weather, still get the ball in one of your playmakers' hands and let them cook. Um, and now all of a sudden it's like, okay, now I, I, I don't have the player that I wanted to, to have that happen with, and so now things are going to have to change. I'm going to have to adjust. Um, and yeah. adjusting on the fly is much more difficult than adjusting in a lab when you have you know all of the time and forethought to think. This is why Bill Walsh created the script. Right. The first 15 to 25 players are scripted because Bill Walsh always said, I don't want to have to make these decisions in the heat of the moment. I want to make them in the comfort of my own office when I'm considering all possibilities. Um, and so you go from having to do all the all the considering and all the thoughtful planning. And now it's in the moment game changes and Shanahan can do it. I just think I'd prefer to do it when you're in the lab. Yeah. You, you hit on uh, Jameer Gibbs a little bit and in even said that those long Aaron Jones runs are will be touchdowns with Gibbs. If you're Steve Wilkes, what are you doing to slow him down? Oh, man, that's a good question. Um, I, I really don't know because I think to myself, okay, if their explosives are going to be in the run game and we've been attacked with some kind of crack toss stuff, like I think part of what the Niners do really well is, um, is stop passes in the middle of the field, and that's because your linebackers are really smart. Um, I don't know that it makes a lot of sense to do a ton different. Um, I think if anything, you're, you're really going to try to find some ways to support Chase Young on the edge for some of those crack tosses. But I think this is going to come down to just having your players play, especially when you're going up against a banged up interior of that offensive line. Um, when your center uh, for, for the Lions is banged up, he's got a knee and ankle issue, um, and their, their guard is also out. Um, I think you, you think Hargrave, Armstead, Kinlaw, you've got to win. You've got to clog up mm-hmm. the middle. And, and Jameer Gibbs is probably going to want to get to the outside. Like that's one of the things mm-hmm. the Lions do exceptionally well is run mm-hmm. to the outside. You're going to have to have safety support. You're going to have to have 
Gibson and whether it be Logan or Brown play and play well. Um, because I, I don't think that you can overcommit outside of the middle of the field because that's where um, Jared Goff loves to throw the ball. He loves to throw the ball in the middle of the field. Um, and, you know, I, I think going into the playoffs, um, they were 12th um, based off of EPA per pass um, in the NFL in that middle of the field, right? So, like, they, they love to do it just like the Niners do. Um, and so I think you, you kind of have to just say, like, yeah, we've, we've got to play gap sound. We've got to play structurally, uh, structurally succinct, if you will, um, mm -hmm. and uh, and go from there because um, the lines are explosive enough that if you cheat one way, um, Ben Johnson's good enough to, to get you on a counter. Is stopping the Detroit run game your number one concern going into the NFC Championship? I think that's going to be one of the things that tilts the game. But my general operating frame is that I'd much rather I'm going to I'm going to stop what is going to be most explosive and score you the more points. And generally speaking, that's the pass game, because um, I think if the Niners over index to the run, um, then they're going to get beaten via the pass. Um, and I'd mm -hmm. much rather have you try to do like five yards, five yards, four yards, three yards than I would 15 yards to 20 yards at a time. Um, so my general operating frame is like I probably want to stop the pass first and then, you know, get to a positive game script and then just remove your run game by um, just the fact that you can't run. Um, and that's what the Niners have done so far this year. I mean, if you look at yards against the Niners defense, I think it's first in the NFL. Um, and that's just because they get to so many leads that teams can't run. They have to abandon yeah. the run. But if you look at per play efficiency, they're near the bottom of the league. And that's mm -hmm. because they're actually not great at stopping the run on a per play basis. It's just that they get ahead and teams have to abandon the run. And so they just don't run and don't rack up that many. So I think that the best way to get the Lions out of their run game is to get a lead, get a positive game script, shut down their passing game, and then eliminate the fact that, they, uh, that they're going to need to run, um, you know, in, in, in meaningful ways by just having a really, really good offense. And shutting down their pass, passing game is going to be critical for the 49ers' uh, pass rush to, to make their, their presence known uh, with Jared Goff. There's a big difference between Goff that's not pressured and Goff that is pressured, if they can get some pressure on him, they have a shot at, at forcing some turnovers. Is that how you see this, that they, they ruffle him and, and that kind of will, will tilt the game in their favor? Yeah, they have to. That that is the number one thing. The number one priority is get pressure on Jared Goff. And the, the thing about Jared Goff this year anyway is that when he's blitzed, he actually performs pretty well. So I don't know that blitzing is necessarily going to get the Niners what they want. You've got to be able to win with four. This is the identity for the 49ers. This is how they built their team. This is why they have a bunch of first rounders and traded for Chase Young. Like this is the moment that your strategy pays off. And the Lions offensive line is really, really good, but their center is banged up. Their guard is out. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and that is going to be the opportunity to win. I think you have to win up front. And if you can win up front and get pressure on Jared Goff, then yeah, I totally understand the seven point spread. I think that makes a lot of sense. Um, I hope that is indeed the case. Like let's let, uh, let's let John Lynch be right. Build that build from the, the front to the back. Um, now it's time to let that front win. When it comes to schematics there, these days, there are a lot of 49ers content creators that break down film. I work with a guy every week, um, on here that uh, named Anthony Robertson of 49ers cutback. Who's excellent at breaking down film. And he's, he's a coach and he's just, he has a great eye for this. I remember you guys doing that 
before I remember anybody doing it, you were, that's why you named your podcast Better Rivals because you wanted your listeners to be able to, to be better rivals, to, to better communicate and to understand and, uh, and talk football with others. So from a schematic standpoint, because I assume you, you still are a film guy, what matchups for the 49ers do you really like? Yeah. And I don't even know that you, that you have to do a lot of like scheme watching to, to understand that. Like, yeah, I, I do like right now the interior of the Niners defensive line against their banged up interior. That is both an inflection point in the game and something the Niners have to win. Um, well, I, I mean, again, Brock Purdy versus the weather, like that would be something I'd be watching <laughs> as a matchup. Uh, luckily that's not a problem. Um, the, the thing that, that I think is going to be the most interesting for the 49ers, even if Debo doesn't play is Brandon Ayuk versus the Detroit defensive backs. Um, Cam Sutton uh, and Kendall Vildor, not great. Not great in coverage. Um, and the the Lions like to play a lot of man coverage, although I think Aaron Glenn has played a, a, a bit more zone this year. Um, but they do. They, they sell out versus the run, and, and they play man behind it. This is one of the reasons why Detroit has such a good uh, performance against stopping the run. But if you're going to do that, Ayuk is your man beater. Ayuk mm-hmm from a route perspective, from a route running perspective, from a hands perspective, is an incredible wide receiver. Um, I mean, I think that just it speaks to the quality of wide receiver play around the NFL, that he's not a first-team all-pro, but I think he had that kind of season. Um, mm-hmm. And so I think if Brandon Ayuk is going to win on man beaters and Brock has enough time to get him the ball, it's going to be a really big day for Ayuk and it's going to be a big day for the Niners offense. Um, It's going to be what Aaron Glenn decides to do on defense, what he decides to take away for the 49ers. That's going to be really interesting. The the thing that the Niners have had trouble with, especially against uh, uh, Baltimore is three safety looks, big nickel, right? Because the, the, the secret sauce to Shanahan is I'm going to come out in 21 personnel. You're going to match up with base defense. I'm going to spam the hell out of your linebackers, right? Your linebackers can't cover. So I'm going to make them think they're, they're, going, they're coming up against the run. And then I'm just going to throw behind them. I'm going to throw at them. I'm going to throw around them. I'm going to basically make their life miserable. <laughs> and, and the, the way around that, the way that you can get around that and still stay within, you know, kind of good sound run game structure is by replacing one of those linebackers with a safety. It gives you an answer against George Kittle. It gives you an answer against maybe Juwan Jennings, who's good, but not fast. Um, and, and so it, I think that's going to be a bit of, of the matchup. It's like, what, is, what do the Lions choose to do? What do they choose to stop? Um, and, and how do they choose to get there? Um, because if the Niners can force them into one-on-one personnel, uh, they're, they're, they have path to victory, an easy path to victory, because um, their linebackers are just not – not great in coverage and, and their DBs are not great either. Um, so that I think schematically is going to be interesting what their defensive coordinator does um, uh, against the Niners offense. If the NFC championship game comes down to a Jake Moody field goal attempt, how are you feeling in those moments? Not great. Uh, <laughs> hate it coming down a field goal kicking anyway. Um, but uh, one of uh, someone that, that, you know, watches all the games with us. He's in the, he's in the discord that I'm in. That's that still talks Niners ball. He talks about like Moody's, uh, his kicks always seem to have this weird kind of wobble or, or like, like curve to them. Sometimes they're right up the middle. Sometimes they, they, they move around. Um, because of David, my, my former co-host, uh, his love of kickers, um, we've named it the Newman <laughs> wobble. Um, you know, he, he's got a little bit of that Newman wobble to him. Um, and so, yeah, look, I'm not feeling great about it. Uh, I think I, I don't want to, I don't want to put any game on a kicker's leg. 
Um, but <laughs> but yeah, I, hopefully it doesn't come down to a movie kick. Yeah. Well, Bryant here in the chat, he's confident. He said that Jake Moody's going to be fine. Of course, uh, Jim Harbaugh famously said death taxes and Jake Moody. So uh, I think that he trusts Jake Moody. Tracy Sandler, the uh, very uh, committed Michigan fan, she's all about Jake Moody. I had her on my show back after they drafted uh, Moody, and I asked her, you know, I, I said rookie kickers traditionally have issues. And she told me, she promised me that Jake Moody is no normal rookie. And so he's had some, some moments, but uh, I don't know that the one that was blocked. I, to me, when they showed the replay from back behind Moody, it looked like it was already headed to the left. I don't know if it really was, but that's just what I saw in the moment. I haven't gone back to look at it, so I don't know. Um, I hate to ask this question, but I'm going to just just to be annoying. If the 49ers do win, you want Ravens or do you want the Chiefs? You know, I don't know. Really, what, what I feel like you're asking me there is like, do you want to face a quarterback that could go, you know, thermonuclear at any point, even with subpar <laughs> wide receivers? Or do I want to face someone like Lamar Jackson, who is, you know, electric as a runner and, and has the best defense in, um, in the NFL? I, I don't know. I, I think the Niners are going to have, uh, they're going to they're gonna have to be able to beat either team. Mm-hmm. Like if this team is as good as we think they are, they should be able to find a path to victory against either one of those teams. Um, you know, I think right now you're going to get Super Bowl revenge either way, whether it be, you know, the 2012 Super Bowl against the Ravens or the 2019 versus the Chiefs. Um, I, I would, you know, I'd love to see some kind of vengeance there either way. Um, at this point, let Shanahan get revenge. Let's go against the Chiefs. Um, and, uh, you know, if, if our issue is some of the secondary play with Ambry Thomas and like, you know, I'd rather... I'd rather cover subpar receivers, right? Um, <laughs> but on the other hand, you know, the, that Ravens game was so fluky. It was mm-hmm. so weird. The ball just never bounced our way that, like, I, I don't think that's going to happen again. I just genuinely don't. Um, you know, and so, like, the, I think that that's, you know, I'm, I'm kind of fine with either one. You got to, at this point, every game is going to be hard in some way. There's an easy path to victory here. Um, so, you know, whatever team is ready, like, I think, you know what, Shanahan, dial them up. Let's beat them down. Yeah, I I do the uh, the 49ers web zone mailbag each week. And somebody asked me this question, you know, who do you want to face? And I started as I'm writing my response, I noticed that I'm leaning toward that whole defense that I still think defense wins championships, even though I, I think that we've seen in some recent years that maybe that's not the case. Um, so I, I was kind of leaning that way that Baltimore the way their defense is, you know, that they, what they did uh, to Brock Purdy. But then I kind of stopped and was like, you know, and I left all of this in there. So it's like, I'm thinking, I, I, I'm thinking as I'm writing and I left that in my, uh, my, my response is that even though the 49ers turned the ball over four times or five times against the Ravens, they still moved the ball pretty well. And I don't think that the 49ers, I don't think Brock Purdy is going to throw four interceptions again. And then the other thing that I went back to is that Patrick Mahomes just does Patrick Mahomes things. And so I I came to the conclusion that I'd rather face 
the Ravens than the Chiefs, but totally get it. I think I, I, there, I think there's either answer makes sense. There's logic behind either answer, right? It's just what you think, uh, what you think that you would need, and, and you know, I just I know that Shanahan. The easiest path to Shanahan's game plan is like, hey, let's find a linebacker or linebackers that suck and pick on them. And I just don't think Patrick Queen or Roquan Smith are people that you want to pick on. Um, yeah, you know, and so like that's that's kind of where where I lean to. I think that's why they're that defense specifically might be like uniquely a bad matchup for for the mm-hmm. Niners. I want to ask you what your thoughts on are as far as who wins this game. I I want to I want to put a a little intro into this though. I back before the uh, 2012 Super Bowl. So this would have been February of 2013. I'm listening to you and David and you're breaking down how you saw that matchup against the youngish 49ers and Colin Kaepernick going against an old Ravens team, especially an older Ravens defense uh, that you know you had Ray Lewis, but he just he wasn't the Ray Lewis that we were used to seeing. And you guys picked the 49ers to win. And I was like, all right, that makes me feel good. I feel like the 49ers are gonna win this game. Now, in your defense, you didn't know that Chris Culliver was gonna blow a big, a big pass play or that uh, uh Michael James was gonna fumble the ball or that um, Randy Moss was going to alligator arms, uh, a Colin Kaepernick pass that led to an interception. So there were some fluky things that 49ers team came out really slow. Uh, like they were still on the bus or something. What, how do you see this game? Because I still, uh, really respect your opinion. So I'm not going to go, well, he, he said that, that the 49ers were going to win back in 2013. I'm not listening to him. I'd like to know what, how you see this game going. You know, I, I think that the the football fan, because look, mm-hmm. let's be real. America is rooting against the Niners at this point. America wants mm-hmm. the the Lions to win. They, they are the darling story. Everyone wants a, a little piece of that. Um, you know, and so I think that that's, that's what America wants right now. And that, and that sucks um, because I do think that they are a team that maybe a lot of people would say are like a year ahead of schedule a little bit. They're the, they have, it feels like they have less to lose. It feels like the Niners, um, you know, like this is their moment. And if they don't make it in this moment, like what else could you or need to do? Right. Um, So I do feel like a a little bit more of the pressure is is on the 49ers, but I I do think that this game is going to come down to some version of what the offenses can do. Um, and, and I do think that the Niners are going to need to rely on their offense to win this game. And if they can limit the Lions offense meaningfully, the Lions defense is basically a wet paper towel. They're, they're just not very good. And, and so that is the Niners relying on their strength. They have really all season, which is the strength of their offense, a quarterback that is a finalist for MVP. And irrespective of whether or not you think he deserves to be the MVP or not, the fact that you have a quarterback potentially even in the MVP conversation at the end of the year, in addition to a running back who's in the MVP uh, conversation, like your offense is the engine to your team. Let Mm -hmm. your offense take you. That's what I think this game is going to come down to is really the performance of the offense. And I think this is the most explosive and best team that Shanahan has had um, in his entire tenure here with the 49ers. I think that Brock Purdy is the best quarterback that San Francisco has had. 
um, that will be here for a long time, right? Like not the one year of Alex Smith since really like Jeff Garcia. And at this point I would put him probably above Jeff Garcia. Um, you know, like that is how good I think Brock Purdy is right now. You have to rely on your offense. You have to make them pay, take the running game out of it because you're up two scores. Um, and just let's cook. Oscar, it's been a pleasure. Thanks so much for joining me. I would love to see if the 49ers win the Super Bowl. I'd love to see that uh, Super Bowl celebration edition of the Better Rivals podcast. So um, keep that in the back of your mind. <laughs> that would be a Yeah, I would love that too. I think that'd be great. Let's all let's all just pop <laughs> bottles and, and just it'll be like an hour of basically drunk rambling. It'll be great. <laughs> well, hey, it's been my pleasure to have you. And uh, thanks everybody for joining us here and for watching. Hope that uh, that everybody's enjoyed this. Go Niners. Oscar, any any final words? No, I mean, really, it's just this is this is the time. Let's do it. Let's go get a next championship. Let's go get a Super Bowl ring, you know, and basically, as always, go Niners. Amen. <laughs>